Hello, and welcome to the Anti-Fragile Tarot Podcast. This is your resident card slinger, Susanna, here on another Witchy Wednesday to give you a tarot talk. Sorry it's been a couple of weeks. I have mentioned that I'm in school and I've had a lot else going on. So I thought that I should get back on that horse, even if it's been a while. Um, This week, I would like to talk about diversity in tarot both in decks and in readers. So, as I've touched on in other episodes, tarot and the occult world in general can be a bit of a fraught place for those of us who care about social justice and respecting cultures and all of that. At the same time, I feel that there is a significant overlap between people who are into the occult and people who are sensitive to other things such as cultural respect and, as I said, social justice, I find a a pretty large overlap. Um, I also find a lot of very strict anti-theists who are into social justice, but I guess it's it's a bell curve because there's very strict anti-theists who are also you know, the kind of people who unironically use the word cuck. So, um, one thing that comes up a lot is that tarot, especially the the traditional Rider Waitsmith and a lot of clones of it, they're really not particularly diverse. Uh, You know, it's a lot of white people, a lot of pale people, um, there's a lot of heteronormativity. You know, the, the lovers is a male and female or a person with a penis and a person with, you know, breasts and, and no penis um, as their representations. And a lot of, you know, happy, happy marriage and families, you know, viewed with kids and all of that. Um, a lot of the early... We we might call them Rider Waite clones, even though they're not quite clones, because I don't I don't consider them clones because they're not ex- the exact same art in the way that the Universal or Radiant Waite are the same art essentially as the the Rider Waite Smith or the Centennial Smith Waite. But even decks like the Morgan Greer, you know, the Morgan Greer gave a little bit of lip service to some more diversity, but not a whole lot, and gender non-conforming or sexually diverse decks are even more thin on the ground. As someone who is mostly white, um, I'm Jewish, I'm of Mexican heritage, um, but, you know, I'm, I'm red as white. I certainly benefit from white privilege. And, you know, there's a part of me that wants to say, you know, as important as representation is, and I think it's extremely important, there is still a part of me that says, you know, well, it's the original, and, you know, I didn't really connect with it at first, but I learned to connect with it, and that's valid. And I think before entirely writing off the writer Waite Smith, I think it's worth seeing if there's anything in there that you can connect to. But I also think that, I not just think, I know that representation is hugely important. You know, even even as a little, you know, mostly white girl, um, although this was the 90s, so multiculturalism was super embraced, at least on the surface and at least in my corner of New York City. 
um, you know, with Sailor Moon, I always played Sailor Jupiter when we were playing it in the schoolyard because she looked the most like me. You know, she had brown hair. And that was, even that small bit of representation is really powerful to a kid. You know, this is why we need more diverse superheroes, more diverse stories. And that extends to tarot because, you know, it's easy to say, well, just, just figure out how to connect to it. There's, there is merit to that, but you know, at the end of the day, tarot is a set of symbols that are used for you to connect to that you should be able to look at and, and feel in your bones, feel in your gut and having characters that look like you in the deck can be hugely important to people. No, not everybody. You know, a lot of people really connect with the Wild Unknown Tarot, which has no humans in it. It's all animals and, you know, nature-y symbols. This is also a deck that has become very popular with the queer community, from what I can tell, partly because, again, that, that lack of overt heteronormativity. Um, and that's valuable and, and valid. You know, I'm, I'm all for people deciding what's, what works for them. You know, I'm not knocking that, you know, as a queer person, I do enjoy that actually. Um, but I also enjoy when I can have people and not just animals or symbols representing that, you know, and, and some people might even take some offense to the idea that, Oh, the deck that's supposed to appeal to me, it doesn't even have people. It has to have animals. Like what is, what is the subtext there? Um, you know, call that, call that oversensitive if you want, but you know, if there can be tarot decks with a baseball theme or a Halloween theme or the food tarot, the food fortunes tarot that I have, I think we can have a few decks that are more diverse. And that also shouldn't mean necessarily that we have white creators making them. Um, because the white gaze is a thing. And it's really important that creators not fall into the trap of fetishizing um, fetishizing other races or other genders. And it's also important that we get more exposure for people who are, you know, of the, um, of the group that they're representing. Because there's, there's no, there's nothing quite like having someone be able to have their lived experiences inform their decks. And... And there's now a fantastic amount of diverse tarot decks out there. All you have to do is do a search for them. Um, this doesn't mean that you should never use a deck that isn't diverse if it speaks to you. Um, again, the, the Centennial Smithwaite is one of my most used decks. Um, but especially when I'm doing an event where I know for a fact there's going to be more more queer people, more gender non-conforming people, or gender diverse people, I should say. Um, 
Although I know some people who enjoy the, the nonconformist part, but that's you know, not necessarily the most inclusive language. Um, you know, I will bring other decks, especially um, the Tarot of the Silicon Dawn. So I'm going to talk a little bit about some of my favorite inclusive decks. And, um, you know, feel free to message me or email me with some of your own and I can talk about it in a future podcast because, you know, I'm sure that this will be something that will come up. So there's a few that I've had my eyes on for a while and there's a few that I already own. So some of the decks that I have that are very inclusive are the Tarot of the Silicon Dawn, which is created by a trans woman, and it is super diverse. Um, people of different body sizes, lots and lots of overt and implied queerness, lots of skin colors. It's a truly lovely deck, and it's also different than other tarot decks in other ways. It does some fun elemental switcheroos. So uh, wands, which are typically fire, are actually the element of earth. And pentacles, which are typically the element of earth, are the element of fire in this deck. So that's something I don't normally like. I normally feel like authors don't have a particularly good reason for doing something like that. And it really works in this deck. Um, the Shadowscapes Tarot by Stephanie Puymun Law. She is an Asian woman and it is a truly beautiful deck, although it is still pretty heteronormative. And, you know, at first glance, everyone looks very thin and white. Um, they're certainly not black, but it's not, you know, your typical white person tarot deck. Um, what else do I actually have that's super diverse? I have the Welcome to Night Vale Tarot, which is diverse and pretty cool, but I don't read with it all that often. I, I don't have the physical deck yet, but the Golden Thread Tarot, and there's a great app for both iPhone and Android, um, is created by an Asian woman as well. And the art in that deck is, it's not, over there, you know, it's, it's gold lines on a black background. So race is a little bit blurred. So I, some people may not consider that as overtly inclusive as say another deck that I have, which I really adore, which is the Tarot of the Burrows. That is a photo deck that is set in New York City. And the high priestess is a black woman who looks like she is practicing voodoo. Or, or hoodoo, um, it's not my path, so I'm not always the most up to date with it. Um, you know, she has a cigar, she has lit candles. It's very familiar to anyone who's ever gone into a botanica. Um, and the lovers is a lesbian couple, and there are interracial couples throughout the entire thing. It's incredibly diverse because it's based in New York City, which is an incredibly diverse place. So those are some of the more inclusive decks that I have. Um, again, I do bring the Wild Unknown with me when I do readings for 
groups. A lot of people love it, you know, of any orientation or, or race, but, you know, it is something that people can connect to a little more easily. Um, and there's another issue in tarot where a lot of ethnic decks, specifically decks featuring black people, are, you know, focused on ancient Egyptian or ancient African and Afro-Brazilian imagery. You know, my husband has a dragon deck and I find that it's really problematic because the minor arcana ostensibly each focus on dragons in different cultural traditions. But what really winds up happening is that the... um the characters are just these these really weird stereotypes that I don't feel comfortable reading with, especially not as a white tarot reader. Um, so that's something that definitely needs to be avoided in tarot decks. And I'm not saying that you know if you find an African tarot deck that is you know very much like you know masks and and different prints and that speaks to you, then absolutely uh, far be it from me to tell you not to use what speaks to you. But it's frustrating that there's all these beautiful modern decks. You know, there's there's a recent deck that I really like, the Everyday Witch Tarot. It's really cute. It's really fun. It's pretty white. Um, you know, and that doesn't mean it shouldn't have been made. It's a, it's a good deck. I'm glad it exists. But I would like to see more modern decks featuring people of color. Um, and, you know, what's really going to have to happen is that people are going to have to make them and buy them. And what's really great is that there's a lot of... Of, there, there are more decks than the ones that I mentioned. A few of the really popular ones that are out there. Um, the Dreaming Way Tarot is extremely popular. It's a little too whimsical for me, but a lot of people really love it. The Mary L Tarot is very popular. Um, the Illuminated Tarot. And one that I really want that's on Etsy is the Cesare Bito Tarot. That is a beautifully diverse deck. Oh, and one that is hugely, hugely, two actually, that are on my wish list. The Sweeney Tarot, which focuses on people of color, and the Slow Holler Tarot, which is created by queer and or trans artists with um, a special bent on the South. Um. So I really think that is a beautiful, those two are beautiful, beautiful indie decks that really deserve even more, more press and praise. And I hope to have them someday for myself. Uh, maybe I'll start doing reviews and videos for my Patreon. I don't know. But, you know, if you're looking to get a new diverse deck, something else to consider are Kickstarters. A lot of these indie decks would never get made without people funding the Kickstarters. So you might want to consider looking into the Numinous Tarot, which is created specifically to be inclusive. It looks really, really beautiful so far. Uh, the Dust 2, it's the Roman numeral 2, Onyx Tarot, which just looks stunning and, you know, is a, is a real prime example of black girl magic. Um, the Brown Girl Tarot is supposed to be great, and Our Tarot, as well as the Queer Community Tarot. 
those are all works in progress. Some of them have Kickstarters, some of them don't. Um, you should definitely look into those if you're interested in queering up your tarot. Um, another thing, you know, it's important to, to find and support these inclusive decks. I, again, as I've said, representation, I know, is hugely important, and I am very much in favor of it. But you can also queer up your decks. Um, when I am doing a reading for someone, particularly with a gender deck, um, you know, even even in decks like the Wild Unknown Tarot, which don't rely on people, they still have the mother and father as court cards, which do carry some gendered connotations. You know, I know trans men who go by the term mum with their children. You know, that anyone can be a mothering influence, anyone can be a nurturing influence, anyone can be a fatherly influence, but let's not pretend that these words don't have gendered connotations. And, you know, one thing that you can do when, when you're reading the cards is to actively, you know, if you're reading for someone else, let them know, hey, just because you got the queen of pentacles representing yourself, it doesn't, you know, if, if that person is masculine presenting, that doesn't necessarily mean that that can't still represent them just because it's a, a feminine card. Um, some people work, you know, some people do find the binary to still be important. Some people don't. That's a very person-by-person thing. For someone who doesn't find the binary to be at all useful, you know, reminding them that it's not so much a binary as a spectrum or even a circle, and removing removing the term mother and going nurturing or whatever. Another thing, but for someone who does find the binary useful, you can remind them that it's a good it's a good time or idea to incorporate more of the other spectrum into themselves. So that is something to consider when reading tarot this way, um, and. You know, it's also important to look at the tarot communities that we're in, or all the, any of the communities that we're in, especially for niche interests, and make sure that people, you know, if it's a primarily white space or a primarily male-dominated space or a primarily straight space, you know, make sure that it's not, that you're not helping to create a space that feels unsafe for a minority walking among you. You know, if you're, you know, this happened in a tarot Facebook group that I was part of. I'm still part of all these groups. I just, my life has gotten very busy, so I haven't really had as much time to focus on Facebook. But, you know, one thing that happened recently was a discussion on racist cards index. And, you know, a deck that's not otherwise, let's say, Native or Indigenous American focused, having a dream catcher out of nowhere, that can be a little jarring and appropriative. Um, you know, 
having these discussions and making sure not only to be okay with getting uncomfortable about decks that we like um, or practices that we like. You know, a lot of people got used to calling sage cleansing smudging. This was just the accepted term for a really long time. And I think when, you know, when Indigenous Americans spoke up and said, no, that's really a specific practice and you're not following it. And we'd really like our word back. Um, you know, it, it's sage cleansing, it's smoke cleansing, but some people got really, really defensive about why they couldn't call it smudging anymore. And I think it's really important to be able to have these discussions without getting immediately so defensive. And if someone from a specific group is speaking, it's important to center their voices. And if you're going to take what they say and bring it to other people, because as allies, one of the most important things we can do is use the fact that we have some privileges to boost what other people are saying, quote them if they're comfortable with it. If they're not comfortable with being directly quoted, you know, say, listen, I didn't come up with this theory on my own. Uh, I, you know, learned this by talking to people from that culture or from talking to queer people, you know. So that's something really important to consider. Um, also consider that not all diverse decks are going to be something that's appealing to everybody. Um, you know, again, coming back to the, the ancient Egyptian decks, yes, they feature black and brown people, and that's awesome. But a lot of people, you know, a, a black girl in Chicago might not necessarily feel a strong connection with that, especially if she is black by, you know, by way of the Caribbean. Um, so, you know, it's important that you not just say, well, you already have a deck that looks like you. Again, there's, there's so many different kinds of decks that feature white, able-bodied, street or street-seeming people that, you know, you can't just say, all right, you have a deck or two. That's cool. Sit down. Be quiet. That's, that's not how that works. And it's not how that should work. Um, this is a great time to be into tarot and to care about diversity, though, because, as I said, there's so many decks in the works, and you can just start Googling. Um, there is a hashtag created by Kelly Ann Maddox, who has her Card Slinger uh, web series. No, no relation to me. Um, I didn't realize that she had it until I was doing some research for this episode. Oops. Um, Although I've known that Kellyanne Maddox is a player in the tarot world for some time. And she started the hashtag called Tarot So White. And that can be a really good place to start looking for decks. There's also uh, Tarot of the QTPOC. If you Google that, there's a website. That, that's a hashtag as well. And there's a whole deck listing. So she has some reviews and interviews um and these are more inclusive decks um you also you know 
if you don't see it, the kind of deck that you want, you should consider starting it, making it happen. Obviously, it doesn't solve the fact that tarot can be so overwhelmingly uh, one way, but it's a start. And it would be really cool to see more people doing even more awesome decks. So I think that's about all I have to say about that this week. Um, you know, I, I think I've recounted the story before of how I was doing a reading for someone who appeared very, very masculine, you know, beard and all. And I had all these super feminine cards coming up in this reading for this person. And over the course of, of this discussion of us talking about the cards, and this person was also a tarot reader themselves, it turned out that they were genderqueer and focusing more on a very femme presentation of themselves. And it's always interesting when tarot picks up on that. And again, that brings us back to my point from earlier about why these symbols are so important. Because looking, there's 78 cards and they can be in such endless combinations. I guess not technically endless given that there's a finite number of them, but you know what I mean. And when you can look at a deck and feel known by it and feel that that punch of recognition, that is so, so important. And that's why it's really crucial to seek out these decks and make them popular. You know, it's it's great to have a deck that is super awesome and inclusive and not just in a way that makes, you know, a token effort, you know, one one black person in your deck is not an inclusive deck. But, um, you know, it's really important to publicize these decks and make them just as popular. So I'm really happy when I see the Slow Holler deck getting its due because I think it's a really great deck. And the Numinous Tarot looks like it's going to really take the tarot world by storm. But I also really hope that Dust to Onyx makes it. I'm definitely going to buy that when it comes out. Um, it may even be out already. I'm not positive. But that deck just looks so beautiful. And the creator seems so awesome. And yeah, it's also important that you look at where your tarot decks are coming from. Uh, there's one tarot deck. In fact, even its name is very contested. It's the, um, okay, no, the Dust to Onyx deck is not out yet, but it's pretty fully funded on Kickstarter, which is really cool. So they're getting there. Um, and they'll be fully illustrated miners, which is really cool. So, um, you know, this, this controversial deck, so it's a photo deck in Haiti, and it is created by a white photographer. And a lot of people have a lot of feelings about that, particularly a white person taking the word ghetto. Um, you know, as a Jewish person, I, I also have ties to the word ghetto. Um, but it's become a very coded word, just like the word thug. And it's really not necessarily okay or cool for people to 
white people to use that word. Um, that being said, a lot of people are getting around this by calling it the Haitian tarot because it is an incredibly beautiful photo deck. Um, and there's a lot of complicated feelings on the that people are having about this deck, about whether is it appropriation? Is it someone using their privilege to boost other artists and boost this, um, you know, show show the beauty of Haiti? It's really hard to say. Um, and it's not certainly not my place to say because I'm not Haitian and I'm not directly affected. So, you know, when you're looking for your next tarot deck, especially if you either have a deck collection already, or even if you, you started off with a deck that you don't really quite connect to, um, you might want to consider looking for a more inclusive deck and, doing your research to see exactly what speaks to you and why. Um, if you have any inclusive tarot decks that you love, again, please feel free to shoot me an email at antifragiletarot at gmail.com. You can also leave a comment or hit me up on Instagram at antifragiletarot. And you can also check out my Patreon. I am antifragiletarot on there as well. Uh, your donations help keep this podcast running, so thank you. And I hope to hear from you. Um, please feel free to let me know if you have any ideas for next week's episode of the podcast. I know I've said this a couple of times, but I'm really, really going to try to um, get podcast episodes out in a more timely fashion. Next week's episode is going to coincide with the start of Rosh Hashanah. So I am going to have an episode there. Um, it also coincides with the one year anniversary of my father's passing. So that may be part of the podcast episode. Um, it might be a little bit of a more personal one. So stay tuned. Next week is going to rock. And I hope you have a witchy and or wonderful Wednesday and week. Take care.